Hey, it's Eric Hulkerin, and time for an election episode of Behind the Headlines. On this episode, we're going to talk to Brian McVicker, who's covering the election results happening in Grand Rapids, Lindsay Moore, who's covering Kalamazoo, and Ryan Stanton, who's covering Ann Arbor and the east side of the state. So let's jump into the episode. And here we go. They've gotten a combined hour and a half of sleep, but they are here to chat with us about what is happening and what it's like to cover an election during a global pandemic when you are covering all of this in a very different way than you would traditionally on an election night. As always, my co-host for this 25th episode, John Heiner, Vice President of Content. How are you, my friend? Eric, uh, I just was trying to think if I the numeric counting between hours of sleep and cups of coffee. I'm not sure which one's in the lead right now, <laughs> but the coffee's catching up. I know that um, it was a long night for, I mean, America, everybody's up, everybody's watching. And as uh, you know, I don't know when your people are going to be listening to this, but they may still be counting, um, you know, when you're listening to this. So they are still counting in Michigan and some other key battleground States, but you know, M live is, we have journalists all over the state and it's, it, all eyes are on the presidential race, but you know, so much of politics is local and statewide and we've got a big team deployed around the state. And for the sake of our, our behind the podcast, uh, behind the headlines podcast today, I'd like to bring on some of our reporters who not only stayed up through the night, but have been re- reporting on key local issues in Michigan uh, through this whole election cycle. So uh, joining us today from the Grand Rapids Press is Brian McVicker. Good morning, Brian. Morning, John. From the Kalamazoo Gazette, Lindsay Moore. Morning. And from the Ann Arbor News, Ryan Stan. Good morning. It's great to have you all here. Um, first of all, just let's go to the west side of the state. We'll talk to, to Brian and Lindsay for a minute here, but just Personally, it's uh, never been an election like this where, at least for journalists, where we have to cover these things remotely. What has it been like for you in this, the whole run up to the election? And then a little bit about last night too, and how that might be different. Yeah, I'll speak to that. I feel like, I feel like November 3rd, 2020 has been on my mind for four years. So it almost felt like the run up to I don't want to call it doomsday, but we knew it was going to be a long one and a big one. Um, we didn't know it was going to be in a pandemic, but I do feel like I was really just like mentally preparing to have a plan, scrap the plan, have a plan B and just be all be up all night, which is exactly what happened. I went to bed around three. So my plan was to stay up to the three. So I guess the plan worked in that way. <laughs> <laughs> the plan worked. Brian, how about you? Yeah, it's been uh, an election. Uh, so this has been said a lot, but unlike any other, uh, you know, used to with a campaign like this congressional race, we would be used to seeing a lot of in-person events around the district and in Grand Rapids. But there's really just been a lack of those uh, throughout this fall. It's been a lot of the candidates reaching out to voters by Zoom and a lot of really scaled back uh, events with small groups. Um, last night in particular was very different from anything I've ever done. Uh, there was not a big election watch party for either candidate in the third congressional district race. It was uh, a small press conference held uh, with one candidate after the polls closed and then a, a conference call with reporters with another candidate at about 11.30 p.m. last night. So I'm used to having those sort of in-person talks, getting a feel from, you know, a lot of people in the room at these big parties, but there, that was just not the case last night. So very different from what I'm used to. I was talking to a friend yesterday 
who reached out to me. He does this every presidential election just to check in on me. But I, I was telling him, it's like for journalists, this is like the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the midterm elections or annual school elections are one thing. Um, but also, you know, this is probably my 10th election cycle, uh, a presidential for my life. But the one thing in this career you could always count on, and I was telling you this uh, in the preview of the show when we were chatting, was you'd be in a big room with a bunch of other journalists. Uh, you know, you'd lose track of what time it was because the fluorescent lights are on all night. You're eating pizza, drinking a lot of coffee, watching uh, you know the results come in. But we were all separated this year. So what was it like working for you as a journalist? How do you stay connected? How do you stay organized and, and track down results and and do the work that you do when we're not in a familiar environment. Yeah, that was definitely a change. It was a little more isolating to not be in that, that new Zoom environment. Um, it was weird, too, to have, you know, friends that are not journalists texting me about presidential results. And I just kept having to say, you know, I'm in, I'm in reporter mode. I'm stressed as a reporter right now. I'll be stressed as a citizen tomorrow, <laughs> Thursday and Friday. Um, so working home alone all night, Um, It was just a lot of phone calls. I'll echo what Brian said. I mean, I had one candidate that did a Facebook Live and then everything else was calling campaign managers and waiting on press releases. So, you know, it's always a waiting game. The one benefit of being at home is, you know, I could stress bake at 11 p.m. I made a big batch of brownies because I just needed something to do waiting for these absentees to come in. So there, there are pluses and minuses, but it's a different environment to just be on your own refreshing, refreshing, refreshing the page. Right. How much of this was done now virtually, you know, through your computer and you know, the online with the clerk's web pages? And how much is the old fashioned picking up the phone and calling people? There was most for, for me, most of mine was done. A fair amount was done electronically, uh, keeping track of the clerk's websites, keeping track of uh, the AP reporting tools, but uh, certainly having conversations with the, the candidates last night to hear kind of what they're hearing and uh, what they expected uh, was coming later that night. So, you know, even though we are in this new world of, you know, doing a lot of Zoom and electronic uh, communication, still trying to pick up that phone and and hear a voice on the other end is important. Having been through elections before, as a reporter, I remember the 2 a.m., get in your car, drive across town, go to the, you know, say the UAW hall or, or wherever the party is, you know, one party is festive and the other is kind of the airs out of the balloon. Um, but that's had to be a little bit different this year, not to have that in-person contact with people. Yeah, it was a little awkward, to be honest. Um, I was following our sixth congressional race, which was incumbent Republican Fred Upton and his challenger, John Hoadley. And so it was about one or two when I started giving them a call and absentees weren't in. And so AP wasn't calling it either. And it was just kind of like, Hey, are you going to make an announcement? Like, I don't, I don't want to even insinuate either way either what this is going to happen. And so it was that disconnect of not having the face to face and just being like, so what are you guys thinking? And hearing, Oh, well, Upton's trying to go to bed soon and Hoadley's trying to go to bed soon. We don't want to make an announcement until the morning. And it's again that holding pattern, but it's it's different when there's not a person there to kind of relate to where, you know, the, the campaign manager on the phone's like, I don't know, I'm getting tired. I don't know how much longer we're going to do this. Right. Is there anything uh, in West Michigan that was surprising to you last night? Anything from, you know, the, the amount of the turnout to uh, po- how polling went uh, it seemed to go smooth. I mean, there was a lot of concerns nationally and in Michigan about 
the vote count and, you know, was lines and all this, but everything seemed pretty smooth last night. But what was your take on how, how it went yesterday and last night and this morning in West Michigan? Uh, here in, in, you know, Grand Rapids area in Kent County, uh, just, you know, a big, big turnout. And uh, they're still this morning working on counting a lot of uh, absentee ballots, ballots here in the city of GR. Uh, Kent County's results aren't finalized yet. And the third congressional district results aren't finalized yet. We're waiting for city of Grand Rapids to get those counted and for a winner to emerge. Um, yeah. Uh, absentee ballots, a lot of people registering to vote yesterday afternoon and evening in Grand Rapids uh, doing, you know, the same day voting. So really unlike anything we've seen, um, but by all accounts, uh, it went smoothly, no disturbances, um, but good turnout. Yeah, I'll, I'll echo that. And we were all also su surprised, but grateful not to hear much about voter intimidation, which I think we were all prepared for um we didn't get any reports of that i'd say the one race that did surprise me as it changed overnight was our our state house race for the 61st flipped it's been republican for i believe a couple decades and democrats went after it really hard and when i went to bed at 3 a.m ap had called it for the republican and woke up this morning absentee ballots in and the democrat is now the winner so that's an interesting one just to see you know what what the difference makes in a couple hours and a couple thousand votes <laughs> That, that was something this year that I haven't seen before. I mean, obviously, there's always been absentee ballots and it could run like a quarter or a third or whatever. Some of these states, um, there was a majority of votes cast early and states had different approaches. Some states started counting them right away when they came in. Other states waited. And the states that waited are the ones that I think where we're seeing some things, some things flipping, too. So. Um, I saw that there's going to be a rally in Rosa Park Circle at Grand Rapids, Brian, today. It's like, I think it's called like protect the vote or, or something about the integrity of counting all the votes. Um, do you think that that's a real concern um, for the integrity of the election? Do you think that there's any concerns about that among officials in West Michigan? Is there anything that our listeners need to know about that? You know, I, I think that is something that we're hearing officials stress that they want to make sure they have enough time to count all the ballots uh, before they make any sort of official announcements. Um, so, so yeah, I haven't heard of any uh, officials, you know, questioning uh, the results at this point, but uh, it is echoing that they really need that time to complete, uh, complete the counting. Uh, we have not had a situation where a candidate has uh, preemptively declared victory at a race here in Kent County, especially with the third district. No one has declared victory yet. So, uh, we're not getting to any sort of contested uh, results at this point, but uh, folks just urging patience and uh, to let the process play out before anyone uh, declares victory. Yeah, one of the things I didn't see a lot of last night anywhere was concessions. <laughs> right. Everybody just kind of wants to hang on and, and just see how what happens when all the absentees are, are counted. But uh, the tenor of the night uh, from uh, Benson on down, Secretary of State Benson on down, was one of uh, calm and confidence, I mean, in terms of how things were going. We've had some snafus, of course, with the post office, but that, you know, that's not um, state officials' uh, fault or problem. But um, I think my surprise for the evening was relatively how smooth it seemed to go and, and kind of uh, angst-free. Um, it seemed like the process worked pretty well. 
Definitely. And I think as reporters, a lot of our responsibility on election night is to already have a relationship with our clerks, our city and our county clerks, because that, especially in a pandemic setting where so much is virtual, that was so key, these hourly calls to the clerk, okay, how are you doing? Just give me a pulse on things. Where are we at count wise? Um, and I agree that th things went smoothly and I think we expected panic and, and didn't see it. And uh, now, even though we knew it was gonna be long, it, we expected long. And so it feels like the, the anxiety is down a little bit. <laughs> right. So I think the one big remaining question for journalists is, you know, what time is nap time today? Um, <laughs> elections are like this, this whole exercise in sleep science, in, you know, <laughs> you know, work, working when you're sleep deprived and, and over caffeinated. But uh, great job on the west side of the state um, with the election coverage. And I know that there's some things still outstanding that we'll be reporting on today. Uh, I would encourage uh, readers to stick, stay tuned close to MLive.com for those results. And so, uh, Lindsay and Brian, thanks for joining us uh, this morning on Behind the Headlines. And uh, I hope you get some rest. And now I want to kick it over to Ryan Stanton, our reporter in Ann Arbor. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of differences uh, in both sides of the state. Um, one of the things that was interesting that MLive ran this week, Ryan, was a database that showed how many absentee ballots had gone out um, by, by community. Um, and... I looked at Ann Arbor. I live near Ann Arbor, I live in Saline, but I looked at Ann Arbor and I had to check, you know, Google, how, what's the population of Ann Arbor? It's like 120,000. It's almost 60,000 absentee ballots, uh, or, you know, had been out and returned. And so you reading that, I knew, wow, this is a, not an election like we've seen before. So what was the climate like in Ann Arbor leading up to the election, Ryan? And, you know, what do you think the, why were people so motivated? Uh, I know all across the state, but they really got out the vote in Washtenaw County. Yeah, I mean, obviously Ann Arbor, Washtenaw County is a very heavily democratic progressive area. It's a liberal college town here with the University of Michigan. Uh, there was, yeah, there was record turnout in this election for sure. And like you said, most people voted early absentee, a uh, uh, huge, huge percentage of the vote. Uh, and yeah, that, that actually, um, I, was, I was just crunching the numbers this morning and, you know, that extra turnout really worked in Biden's favor here. He picked up uh, over 28,000 more votes here in, in Washtenaw County than Clinton did four years ago. Um, and Trump, Trump had some marginal gains here as well with the in increased turnout. But I mean, Biden netted most of that and it, it went to his favor. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing is, and that was that effect of the absentees you couldn't tell. It's like when I looked at the results for Michigan at 11 p.m. and it's, you know, John James is way ahead of Peters. And it's like, mm, that that doesn't, that can't be right. It's not going to end that way. And, you know, I don't think that race has been called. And uh, we did report on Live about an hour ago that with the counting, Biden has has gone ahead in Michigan. But of course, it's it remains to be seen. Um, what was election night like for you and you covering all of Ann Arbor, which there were a lot of other issues on the ballot, of course, too, uh, here, but, but what was the run up to election like? And then did it meet your expectations last night for, for how you thought it would go? Uh, no, cause, uh, we were told, uh, for weeks leading up to this, that we had, you know, well, well staffed, uh, you know, election night staff uh, to, to count all the absentee ballots. And, and they did have a lot of staff, but they did not get them in by midnight. Like they said, it, I went to bed at 3 a.m. and Ann Arbor's absentee ballots were still not reported uh, as far as the, the tallies of the votes from those. 
so yeah, I went to bed at 3 a.m. without knowing how, how votes turned out in Ann Arbor, woke up at 7 a.m. To, to find out the final results um, after four hours of sleep. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, like you said, there were some early, in some of our county board races, even around the county, there were like some of the early in-precinct votes that were reported before the absentees showed the Republicans with a little bit of an edge. And then when the absentees did finally come in, our entire county board, all Democrats won every seat. So um, th- that's just how it went. I think the early vote did work to the Democrats' favor. Were there other issues that you had to be concerned about this year? Um, I mean, it could run the whole gamut, but working remotely, um, the COVID awareness, um, access to candidates, all of those things, and to report on things like polling situations or voter intimidation when we are working remotely. How is that different for you? Yeah, we didn't have any reports of voter intimidation in Washtenaw County, thankfully, yesterday. So that was that was good. Uh, the polls were pretty quiet. Um, there were long lines early at 7 a.m. Um, I stood in a 45-minute line to vote uh, at my polling place yesterday uh, in Ann Arbor. And uh, But yeah, it was, it was a this was a mostly virtual electronic election. We all we all worked by phone and email and um, very little interaction face to face with people. I mean, normally this was the first election that I've ever covered as a journalist in 12 years of covering Ann Arbor elections where I wasn't bouncing around to a whole bunch of different polls and a whole bunch of different election night watch parties. I was mostly based at home on my computer yesterday and last night. So uh, that was different. Was it different in a positive way or just different? I mean, what do you think this portends for the future for reporting for for elections like this? The the upside was I got to you know keep CNN on and listen to uh, you know the, the the talking heads talk about results as they came in, and I don't normally get to to have that in my ear. I'm, I'm usually you know laser focused on on the local stuff I'm out reporting on on the scene. So uh, being able to stay at home base and you know, ha- ha- hear the national results as they trickled in was was a nice bonus. And uh, yeah, it was it was just very different all around. Does it make it easier in any way that you're not jumping in your car, or you're not walking across town, it's not 4 a.m. and you're you're trying to get somewhere or find somebody? Oh, yeah, it's it's, it's more efficient reporting for sure. I mean, you're saving time on commuting and um, yeah, it's just all around quicker um, and the, the nice thing was, we, you know, we have a nice uh, team chat here for our for our team on election night that we were able to, we were all at our computers, so we were all chatting all night uh, about things as they came in, so that there was a lot more uh, collaboration in that regard this election night than compared to past ones where we're all kind of off doing our own thing a lot and may, maybe touching base at the end of the night. Uh, I mean, we obviously always touch base throughout the night, but uh, as far as coming together at the hub, um, yeah, it was usually a, a last minute thing on, on previous elections. But yeah, we were we were in constant communication all last night and that was that was kind of cool. That is a good point. It, it's I don't know if it's better or worse, but it is different that through um, these collaborative work tools we have, these platforms, you're connected no matter where you are. Uh, you're getting alerts on your phone. You can you can jump back into a chat and see your colleagues and peers and see what's happening. Um, and you can see the results on your phone. Uh, if, if you need to. And yeah, in the old days, when I say old days, like, you know, five years ago, <laughs> we would all just go back into the hub and we would gather together and do it physically. I have to tell you, sentimentally, I miss that. Um, but I, I will say you're right. There's, there are some efficiencies that we've gained 
And uh, I, I think hearing what uh, Brian and Lindsay were saying too, there's some efficiencies with county clerks and, and local election officials. So were there any, were there any uh, challenges for you last night, Ryan, uh, that you didn't expect or uh, any surprises? Well, like I said, just uh, just not being able to get Ann Arbor's results uh, before I had to call the night at 3 a.m. Uh, but other than that, you know, it was, um, you know, uh, a, a somewhat, you know, as far as results in other parts of the county trickling and it was pretty normal. Um, I was able to report a few stories last night on our county board races and, um, you know, I did get an early story up in Ann Arbor's affordable, affordable housing tax with a lead and it did end up passing in the end. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was, it was uh, just plugging away at all, all the things as normal and uh, keep keeping up with our, our live election results post that uh, is a, a very labor intensive effort to continually input hundreds of numbers. <laughs> well, it's one thing to go to my polling place, which I said I live near Celine. And you, you know, you see both sides of the ballot. But when I go, I went this morning when I woke up to the results for Washtenaw County, and that just goes on and on and on and on because it's everybody's ballot, you know. And I just get a new appreciation for the work that reporters have to do to get all that information, to get it right, and keep it updated for our readers. But you guys do do a great job. Were there any surprises politically that you saw last night, um, whether it was Washtenaw County or elsewhere around here? No, I mean, this is this is Ann Arbor and Washington County, so it's predictable in a November election. Our, our real election for local races is really uh, in August when the Democrats duke it out against each other. And, and come November, whoever the Democratic nominee is, is pretty much guaranteed to win. So that was the case. All our state house seats went to the Democrats. All our county board seats went to the Democrats. You know, our entire city council is Democratic. Uh, so, yeah, the Democratic de Democrats won easily, including Debbie Engel in the 7th uh, congressional district. Uh, the one congressional district that straddles the western part of the county, including Celine as well, uh, is, uh, you know, the, the district that uh, Tim Wahlberg is in. And right. uh, Gretchen Driscoll, the former mayor of Celine, was making her third attempt at trying to unseat him. She's come sort of pretty close uh, at least once or twice. And uh, this this time around, uh, she lost again. So um, that was kind of how we expected it to go. Mm -hmm. But it was kind of a who knows what's going to happen with this election with the a potential blue wave. So um, it, not all the results are in yet, but it looks like it definitely went Wahlberg's way. Uh, Wahlberg's sort of in the classification of job for life, I think, unless unless they redraw that district. Uh, but he's been on the political scene since like 1982. So uh, he, he's got a lot of name equity in politics. Well, thanks, Ryan. Appreciate you joining us this morning. I uh, appreciate all of you, uh, Brian and Lindsay, joining us too, because uh, these are very taxing nights for reporters. Uh, and I understand that. And there's still a lot of work to be done because there's still counting to be done. So I uh, appreciate you joining us. And again, I would uh, encourage all of our listeners, um, because even when you may be listening to this a day later or so, but keep coming back to MLive.com because we're going to keep updating and following all the developments in, in this really unprecedented election. So, Eric, uh, kick it back to you. I hope you get uh, some sleep too, my friend, and, and watch out for coyotes. Will do, John. And there they go. A big thanks to Lindsay, Brian, and Ryan for uh, being highly caffeinated and able to do that with us. As always, if you like what we're doing, like, review, and share the podcast wherever you are listening to Behind the Headlines. Till next week, I am Eric Halkren. He is John Heiner. And this is Behind the Headlines.